This is the Manga Mavericks Podcast from AllComic.com, episode 59. We are a podcast not only dedicated to talking about manga as a medium, but as an industry. I'm Colton. And I'm Lam Ramiyasha, and it's another news-focused episode today. There's been a lot of those recently, but fear not, we do have series discussion episodes in the works. They are coming. They will be really good. We have lots of plans that we've been preparing for, so don't you worry, don't you fret. They are on their way, and... We have been listening to your guys' feedback, to comments, to criticisms, and we will be implementing changes to the show that we are excited about. So look forward to those starting off in episode 60. Guys, you should be afraid. We have way too many plans, and it kind of scares me a little bit. <laughs> I I have been very busy and very ambitious, and I have scared Colton with the breadth of stuff that we I prepared for us to go over in terms of future plans for this show multiple different google spreadsheets prepared the the lazy part of me is afraid of more work that's what i'm afraid of (laughs) (laughs) but in the end it'll make for great podcasts for you guys to listen to so look forward to all that but we got a lot of news to cover today it's gonna be a full show and let's start off strong by talking about the book scan list for the month of august 2018 last time we discussed the book scan list my hero academia dominated the charts and that is the same that is the truth for august as well because we've got nine volumes of my hero academia on the book scan list for the month of august with my hero academia volume 14 ranking at number two on the list but that's not all because coming in at number three is my hero academia volume one volume two comes in at number five three my hero academia volumes in the top five for the month of august crazy but that's not all believe it or not because volume 13 is number six volume three is number eight my hero academia vigilantes volume one is at number nine volume four my hero academia is at number 16. Volume 12 is at number 17. Volume 5 is at number 18. So much My Hero Academia. The My Hero Academia love is strong. No surprise because the manga and anime have been killing it lately. The movie will be in theaters by the end of the month. I am looking forward to seeing it after it being denied at Anime Expo. <laughs> Justice <laughs> will be served at my local AMC. In September! September 30th is probably the day I'll see it. The Saturday. Or is it the 29th? I don't remember. It's also not necessarily my local AMC. I have to drive a half hour to it. But still! AMC and I can use A-List on it, so I'll be seeing it for free. So, F you, Enemy Expo. <laughs> I will get my just desserts. I will get my justice. Ha, see, I'm, I'm planning on seeing it on the 27th. So I'll see it before you. But the bad news is I'm going to be paying for my ticket and my friend's ticket. So I'm going to be spending double the money to go see this movie. So I'm hoping it's good. <laughs> uh, it's too bad you don't have A-list and uh, you don't, you're not seeing it at AMC. Mm, yeah, like the AMC theaters in my area don't really normally do like the anime movies at all. Like the Not like, even the Ghibli movies? No. They don't even get Fathom events? Um, they they don't They don't do Fathom events for like anime movies i think they do fathom events for other stuff but like we have like 
we have another theater chain that like covers the anime movies and like one kind of art house movie that's um, a little closer to like where I live that I usually go to like watch the anime movies and stuff. But uh, no, yeah, I wish AMC did the Fathom Events anime movies, but you know, they don't or at least not mine. So that's kind of a bummer. But whatever, it's fine. It it sucks because I I live literally like a mile away, not even a mile from like a from an AMC. So it's like none of the none of the uh, none of the anime movies are ever like you know they're never they're never in a convenient like spot for me ever. They always have to be like more than twenty minutes away. <laughs> um, mm. it's it sucks, but th- that's a whole other thing. But um, b- back to the book scan list. So I love it how essentially like. On both ends of the book scan list, you just have multiple volumes of My Hero Academia, but then yeah. like everything else in the you have like everything else in the middle, so it's like a My Hero Academia sandwich. Oh yeah, I mean they should. I have to have made those already, but yeah, a My Hero Academia sandwich where you have like all my buns and sandwich in between, you can get like uh, patties or whatever have you based on other characters. Like uh, the meat patty could be. Uh, the Saitama, I don't know. The lettuce can be shaped like Goku. I, I'm just throwing names out there. I'm just, I'm just imagining a burger patty with Saitama's face on it, and it kind of, it kind of scares me a bit. And I don't think I would eat that. <laughs> they have to have made those already. I, it'd be seriously a mispotential to not make a burger with Saitama's face on it. Come on, McDonald's, get on that shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's a dream collab. Uh, forget Attack on Titan. Uh, do One Punch Man. Or was that Pizza Hut? Probably both. But <laughs> regardless, let us address the other manga on this list, because My Hero was not the only manga on this list. Surprisingly. Yes, well, we have the usual suspects. We have Dragon Ball Super Volume 3 at number 10. We have Tokyo Ghoul RE Volume 6 at number 11. We have Ruby, the official manga anthology Volume 2 at number 12. We've got One Piece Volume 87 at number 13. So, very popular high selling titles also on the list, but My Hero Academia dominates. But the mention of Ruby Volume 2 on here makes me uh, remember I should check that out because that is the Weiss volume and she's my favorite of the Ruby gals. So I should definitely read that. You, you might you might have said it and I missed it. But just in case, um, One Punch Man Volume 14 ranked uh, number 15 on the list as well. Uh, yes, I did miss that. But yes, One Punch Man also made the list. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I said it last time on the show, but like, I really want to like keep track of and see just how long my hero academia is just gonna like conquer this list with just multiple upon multiple volumes like i'm really interested in seeing how long this trend will last i think it's only gonna grow i think eventually we will see a book scan list where everything is my hero academia i want that to happen i want to see a book scan list where the entirety of the top 20 is just my hero academia it's just gonna be all my hero academia maybe a listing for Tokyo Ghoul somewhere because yeah. you know that's going to be on there and then maybe one other thing maybe not I don't know but yeah this is um I mean we can't really say it enough like it's it's amazing that my hero academia has just blown up this much like like I but like because of this because of the most recent like book scan list I always see like conversations you know amongst people like concerning like just comics in general where it's like you know, pe- people still like to like, you know, um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. I was going to say scoff, but that's not really the right word I want to say. Like kind of dismiss manga 
because you know it because you know it, apparently people still kind of just dis- dismiss manga in general and then you just see like how well stuff like my hero academia does and it's like i don't understand people sometimes yeah but again you can't deny that my hero is just dominating it is one of the most popular comics on the market and will continue to be for a long time to come pretty much yeah um i guess we could just move on to some serialization news though uh so as we talked about either on the last episode or the episode before it doro head doro from q hayashida has come to an end in the latest issue of shikaku khan's monthly shonen sunday and with the final chapter of doro head doro it was actually announced in the same issue that uh, Q Hayashida will be launching a new series this spring 2019 uh, called Die Dark, roughly translated to Great Dark. And uh, we don't have too much info on this new series just yet, other than uh, some tag, uh, other than the taglines, uh, quote unquote, uh, saying space planets, epic adventure, and darkness spreading infinitely. So. I, again, I haven't read too much Doro Hedoro, unfortunately, but from what I've seen of Hayashida's work, I am totally all for her doing a space series or a series that takes place in outer space. Like, I really like that idea. Yeah, I've heard a lot of great things about the series. The art looks fantastic. I'm looking forward to the next series she's doing, and I'm looking forward to checking out Doro Hedoro. Both this and the works in Oki Orisawa is stuff that our good friend Casey Manovskyko loves a whole lot. And speaking of Naoki Orisawa. Yeah, so basically it was announced in the combined 42nd and 43rd issue of Shogaku Khan's weekly big comic spirits that Urasawa will be starting a new series in the 45th issue, which comes out on October 6th. And uh, it'll be the first new uh, series from Urasawa in the magazine since 21st Century Boys ended about 11 years ago. And uh, again, I don't think we have too much info on the series just yet, other than, you know, a uh, sort of a key visual for the manga from from the uh, from the magazine. Uh, No title, but uh, the tagline on the visual reads that child is always running. So. Again, not too much info, but again, it's something from Urasawa, and, uh, you know, uh, again, I, I still need to read a bit more Urasawa, but I've read enough of his stuff that, like, I really enjoy it, and I always look forward to more stuff from him. Um, I didn't find any, like, articles that mention this. Um, I, I probably missed it, but I thought I saw some rumbling about uh, about this being, this new series coming from Urasawa being the first one that's apparently going to be available digitally. Not not necessarily in English, but like just in general, because um, I guess like you know like Urasawa, I, from what I hear, is amongst like a small group of like veteran artists who are very against like having their stuff, uh, I guess, available digitally for whatever reason. You know, so certain artists, I guess, have their reasons, and you know, I kind of understand that. But I guess I guess Urasawa is one of them. But uh, I don't know what changed his mind. But I guess. Uh, I guess this new series coming from him will be available digitally. So I'm hoping this maybe opens up the door for his other series to become available digitally. That would Hopefully. be nice. Cause you know, I would love to collect stuff like Pluto and monster and stuff, but like, I mean, just personally speaking, it's a lot easier for me to collect manga digitally nowadays because you know, less shelf space that I have to take up. Yeah. Someone with 1300 volumes of manga and counting, <laughs> 
definitely you you should invest in digital it's just too many bucks you're gonna need to buy new shelves at some point man i don't, I don't even know how you fit all that inside where you live yeah uh <laughs> we just <laughs> we have big bookshelves but now we have to buy new bookshelves like like between between the manga that you own uh v lords like uh shona jumps and your um you you tweeted i think i saw you tweeting about how like you have like 30 posters or whatever that you bought recently oh i have way more than 30 posters <laughs> dude i mean i i bought 13 posters this week but i there's like hundreds of posters i have that are adorning the walls and i do i'm running out of space i mean i'm running out of space partially because there's only so much space i can use to put the posters on cuz there are some areas that are off limits that like my parents are like no you you can't put your poster <laughs> but uh i mean like in like the, the entire living room like basement area is covered with posters and there's no more space and uh i'm running out of space in my room so yeah i should share pictures of my uh poster sometime it is it's quite it's quite an arrangement i'd be interested in seeing because like you know my, my my roommate like i i i thought like his poster obsession was pretty bad because he has like almost all like you know he has he has like spaces in between and everything but like you know he has a lot of posters in his room but like i guess I has just... he spent over 30 hours over the course of a week <laughs> reorganizing his posters um i don't think he would spend that much time well um... i have so that, that shows you the difference in obsession right there i was gonna say like i know i knowing my friend he would spend at least like an hour at least two or three on stuff like that because he's Cannot pretty meticulous too I, I spent seven hours <laughs> on thursday putting up my new posters and rearranging my posters uh, man you, you could you could be spending that time editing all the podcasts you need <laughs> i could see it's a problem i need help that's why i tweeted help because it's a problem i have an addiction someone save me I'm suffocating in posters. I'm being wrapped in posters. Uh, Sid's becoming a poster burrito. A poster mummy, more like. Yeah, so if you still still don't see the Dragon Ball Super episode we recorded a while back, or the Shaman King episode that Sid recorded, that's why. Blame post. Blame the posters. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> eventually they'll be out. I've, I've been making progress, but... I'm just giving you shit. Uh, rightfully so. I mean, they should, they, should, they should be out. I shouldn't have 13 episodes of Manga Mavericks Ad Movies on backlog from last year that aren't out. Like, I gotta get on that stuff. But, uh... Yeah, like, I, look, 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 as somebody who still has 20 hours worth of podcast, he still hasn't edited, I don't have any right to talk. But anyway, and enough of that. So, um, what's... I think we have some, we have some more new manga coming up. Yeah, we got more new manga coming from very popular creators because Princeton School's Akira Hiromoto is launching a new manga September 25th in Kodansha's Evening Magazine. It's going to be called Raw Hero with a capital R and W in the word raw. The magazine did not reveal a plot summary, but the advertisement shows manga page sketches about a girl and her teacher. One of those pages shows the title Dear Daddy. And uh, the tagline is, wait, what? What's with these pictures? So, yeah, I'm expecting something a little scandalous, a little extreme like prison school. A little provocative here and there, maybe? Yeah, we'll see. have to see. I'm not 
a big fan of Prison School from what I saw of it, but the author has done some really great work in the past with uh, their series, Mean the Devil Blues, so this could be a really good thing, one, two. I might like it. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of it. I go so back and forth between whether I want to try Prison School or not, because like I know... I don't know anyone who's like indifferent about prison school. I only I've only ever talked to people who like absolutely love it and think it's like the best thing ever made or like just absolutely despise it. So I don't know. Prison school is definitely something I'd like to get into at some point just to say that I've read it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm with a title like Raw Hero. I am I'm I'm a little afraid of what we're going to get. Dear Daddy. Hmm. <laughs> oh boy let's let's talk about something else yeah let's talk about a bunch of series going on hiatus now which is oh. an unfortunate thing but yes to start off with gundam thunderbolt is going on hiatus because unfortunately the artist yasuo otagaki is suffering from health problems say they've got tenosynovitis inflammation surrounding the tendons so they need to take a break uh, to treat that medical condition so the magazine big comic superior they're gonna announce you know later in the year when it'll return but right now it's on indef- indefinite hiatus i like gundam thunderbolt a lot it's a really good manga so it's sad that it's on hiatus but hopefully uh, otagaki's will get treated and he, uh, it'll be back soon but there's more stuff going on hiatus, including Terraformars. But that will be back by November in Weekly Young Jump. This is another hiatus due to health issues. But uh, we have gotten confirmation that uh, Sasaga, Yu Sasaga, is recovering. And they're willing to write the next chapter. But they decided, you know, just to be on the safe side to postpone the return of the manga to November. Mm, I think that's a smart decision. Give yourself a little more time to kind of rest and prepare. Yeah. Very smart decision there. Uh, But let's talk about a few series that are ending. And uh, one of them will actually be over by the time uh, this episode of the podcast is out. It ended today, the day we're recording this. (laughs) So it looks like in the 41st issue of Kodansha's Weekly Young magazine, Jasmine Gya's uh, Backstreet Girls will have ended in the 42nd issue which, like Sid said, uh, actually ended today. Uh, or I guess came out today. The issue came out today uh, at the time of recording this. But, uh, yep. Uh, like I said, by the time this episode's out, it'll have already ended. And, uh, yeah. Um, again, I I can't say I have much of an opinion on Backstreet Girls in particular. But uh, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll probably have to get to it at some point or something. At least, at least check it out. See how I like it. It's too bad the anime didn't continue, because then maybe it would have uh, covered the entirety of the manga. It only had uh, 10 episodes, and it ended on September 5th. Mm, okay, it was pretty short then. Yeah, it only ended like 10 days from the manga's ending, so... Hmm, if maybe they'd done another core, they could have, like, squeezed in the rest of it. But then again, it's 11 volume long manga, so I don't know if they could have... Like, I wonder how, how well it sells in Japan to maybe warrant another season if they wanted to do it. Probably didn't do very well, the anime, if it, if it, like, I'm just from the fact that we didn't hear a whole lot of people talking about it, I don't think it really was a breakout hit. But I think that's all, I think that's also because it wasn't, like, widely available either, because I think, um, I mentioned that last time. That is true. I mentioned last time on the show, I think, that, like, 
I'm pretty sure it's like owned by Netflix, I think. I thought I saw the Netflix logo in, in the ending credits at one point, but I also could be remembering that wrong. I don't know. I know it wasn't hmm. picked up by anybody, though. But if it's if it's a Netflix thing, it'll probably end up showing up on Netflix here in North America in like a couple of months or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, that ended. And it looks like in the 41st issue of Weekly Shonen Jump, the final chapter of Kazusa Inaoka's uh, Kimimo Shinryakuseyo, or Invade You, was published. So unfortunately, along with Momichi no Kisetsu, Invade You has also ended. So... That's a shame that neither of those lasted too much longer. It really only felt like yesterday that we talked about them. They ended quite fast. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a shame considering, you know, like we mentioned on the show before, that, like, uh, it seemed like they did okay in, like, their Jump Giga run, but I don't know. Yeah, but they didn't cut it for a Jump audience. Like, I guess the kids weren't interested. Maxie, if you're listening, uh, you have our deepest condolences. Huh. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's about it for that. Yes, but in Invade You's place come two new gag manga that have debuted in the most recent issue of Shonen Jump. Those being Teenage Renaissance David by Yushin Kuroki and Seiji Hayashi's I'm From Japan. They are two gag manga teenage renaissance david is about a japanese high school student who looks exactly like michael andrew's david statue while uh the uh i'm from japan manga is about uh it's a it's a locality gag manga that's the tagline it's about it, it will overflow with love for hometowns and then the crazy twist about it is that the main character is from japan but I think this is a I think this is a manga that's going to be about like promoting like uh, rural Japanese towns. Though what I kind of get from these premises is that like teenage Renaissance David is going to be kind of like that that sh- idol show about like statues that was from years ago. I forget the name of what that was, but no, yeah, I I remember what you're talking about, Seco Boys. That was Seco uh, that was, Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was definitely a show that I watched all of for some reason. Yeah, so I can imagine <laughs> Teenage Renaissance David will be that mixed with I don't know Sakamoto. I could see that being cross. <laughs> ah, he's wearing an all black school uniform. I really hope that like he just stands. I really hope he like doesn't move at all. He just stays in that pose the entire time. Yeah. Um, and I also, <laughs> I mean, God forbid if this ever like ran long enough to get an anime. I hope that he's voiced by Sugita because I'm pretty sure Michelangelo in Seco Boys was voiced by Sugita, or I'm, I might be thinking of a different character. I don't know, but that'd be funny. Uh, he was one of them. He was yeah. He was definitely one of them. And uh, yeah, I definitely. Uh, at the time of the recording, we uh, haven't gotten the chance to read these just yet, but uh, I definitely can't wait to read David. I'm from Japan. I just assumed I'm from Japan was just about a kid who, like, maybe transferred over to, like, an American school. Well, it's just the idea that is a locality gagma that's going to overflow with love for hometowns. I feel like the idea is to promote Japanese rural hometowns through this manga, because that's a big thing, is that the young population of those rural towns is like getting scarce so those towns won't be able to subsist much longer on their aging popu- population so they tr- they're trying to co- 
increase popularity to encourage people to move there and start families. So mm, this okay. is, I could see that tying into that. So to me, this is going to be like a Shonen Sakura quest. That's what I'm predicting this will be like. Mm, that, that sounds about right. But uh, hopefully on the next episode or two, we can we can sit down with uh, Maxi or somebody and uh, talk about these. Yeah, look forward to that. But that's not all to look forward to coming and jump pretty soon because because uh hunter hunter's coming back again you can try again (laughs) uh hunter hunter is coming back from only a five-month hiatus that's definitely one of the shorter ones it's definitely one of togashi's shorter breaks which is good uh it will definitely be returning in the 43rd issue of jump on september 22nd which is good i'm really glad to that togashi's hiatuses are getting shorter and shorter it seems like i'm really glad i'm glad he's been coming back more often because like because like every time every time he's been coming back like it obviously it doesn't like it doesn't feel like he's been gone as long every time and that's a good feeling Mm -hmm. like i like i like that he's coming back a little more often especially now that he's doing like like pretty much a full volumes worth of content each time like that Mm -hmm. like like it it it, just, it feels a little more satisfying. Yeah, I mean the story has just gotten super good too with the Dark Continent art. So like, man, every time Hunter Hunter comes back, I'm like, oh my god, yes, I need to know what happens next. I'm waiting. Um, not not to give too much away, but at this point, I'm just waiting for more Hisoka, and I'm also waiting for them to actually like to actually make it to the Dark Continent. Like that's gonna be amazing. Honestly, like the stuff that's happening right now is what's interesting to me. We've got the Phantom Troop on this ship and getting involved with the whole cocking prince selection thing. There's so much like intrigue and dread and danger. Karapika is like really, really pushed against the wall again, going up against all these princes and like their murderous bodyguards and trying to protect Queen Oito and her kid. It's like, oh my gosh, so much tension and so much going on with so many characters. You got Biscuit and Hanzo involved and so many different factions. It's craziness. It's really amazing how Togashi is just able to to still make Hunter Hunter interesting, even with the absence of its main character. Well, I (laughs) was always the least interesting part, but of the main characters. But I mean, that's true. But like sometimes certain shonen manga have that problem where it's like, you know, your main character's fine, but, like, the supporting cast is all usually, like, infinitely more interesting. <laughs> yeah, and that's what's happening here. It's like, Karapika's the main character now, and it's great. <laughs> I I don't mind it. I kind of prefer it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Gon will obviously come back at some point. His story's not done done. I mean, he has to, like, meet up with King again in the Dark Continent. He promised that. But, like, for now, considering that we went for over a decade... Without Karapika, Karapika being the main character is pretty A-OK in my book. I'm glad to have so much of him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I can't wait to start reading more Hunter Hunter soon. Mm-hmm, and you can catch up on the Dark Continent arc on Viz.com. They've got all the current chapters on there for you to read in preparation for the return of Hunter Hunter. So uh, definitely binge through that because it's all good stuff and you'll if you're not caught up yet you'll want to be caught up because it is a lot of information a lot of story and you will want to be prepared to follow it mm, yeah we'll definitely leave a link in the show notes for that section of Viz's website where you can read the beginning of the dark continent 
arc because you'll definitely want to. Mm-hmm. But while Hunter Hunter's coming back, the promised Neverland might be on its way out. Hmm, what? Question mark. Well, not anytime soon, in my opinion. But it has been recently confirmed that the promised Neverland is entering its final arc. That has been confirmed in the author contents in the 31st issue of Shonen Jump by Kaiyoshirai and Posca Demisu. They have said that. They have stated that a long time ago, back in February... In an interview with uh, Manichi Shimbun, the editor of the manga, said that it had reached its turnaround point, which often refers to a halfway point uh, in terms of, like, the context of a manga serialization and stuff. You know, we don't have, like, big clarifications of, like, how long this final arc is going to be or, like, what this means for the future of the series so far, but... Shirai stated in an interview with France Info French News like back in August on August 31st that they would like the story to not extend too much and ideally the end of the manga would be 20 to 30 volumes long. So Promise Neverland is about in its early 10s in terms of volume count if I recall. So I could see it running for about two more years. The most recent volume was the 10th volume. So yeah, if they're aiming for a 20-volume run, then yeah, I would say two more years. I think that sounds about right. I th- I, th- I think I'm comfortable with Promised Everland running two more years. And I think they'll give it like a five-year run altogether, wouldn't it? Four-year run. Yeah. But yeah. But uh, yeah, I I feel bad because I'm not I'm not caught up on the Promised Neverland yet. I, I I'm behind on a lot of Shonen Jump, unfortunately. <laughs> like always. Um, well, you're still more caught up than V Lord. Shame, <laughs> shame, V Lord. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's I I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but like I guess I'm just surprised at the uh, I guess at the at the possibility of Promised Neverland ending. Not like really soon but just ending in general but but i mean I, I guess it's also a good thing because that means it won't overstay its welcome and i'm really glad about that personally yeah i think we're used to the idea of shonen jump series running for a longer amount of time but just like assassination classroom promise Neverland seems like a story that was designed with a plot structure and an ending in mind so it's nice to see that demizu and shirai are going towards that without going on detours Mm-hmm. all right but uh speaking of things ending probably sometime soon actually in this case um so we talked about uh we talked about recently about how gintama had been announced that uh it had five chapters left before its ending and uh since then in the uh 42nd issue of weekly shonen jump the last chapter of Gintama has finally ran in Jump. It has finally ended its run in Shonen Jump. It has moved on to Jump Giga. So they 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 got us again. They got they got I hate I hate Gintama so much. Hey, Bomber fulfilled his promises. He's free at least. <laughs> Man, cause I I won't give away too much about like I mean I guess I kind of gave away like I gu- I guess the big reveal like it like the 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 final chapter of Gintama in Jump itself basically confirmed yeah we're not we're not over yet we're just going to move to another magazine 
Um, which that in and of itself is a a huge power move by Sirachi. And it's it's amazing. Because like even in the manga itself, like, you know, Sirachi basically has his characters complaining about how like did you really think we were going to be able to end this thing in five? Like, there's no way Sirachi would have been able to give the story a satisfying conclusion in only five chapters. Like, there was no way. And, like, I was one of those people who, like, had their doubts that, like, oh, man, is is Gintama just kind of being rushed out the door? Is Shueisha finally giving up on Sirachi after all this time? Um, but no, it looks like, you know, they're... They're they're wanting to support Sirachi as much as they possibly can with this move to Jump Giga. And basically, like, Sirachi had an entire, like, handwritten letter uh, right after the chapter explaining that, you know, he, he basically miscalculated, like, when he was going to be able to end the story. And he just kind of got to a point where, like, you know, like, because, you know, uh, you know, if, if you've read Bakuman... <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you kind of ha- basically have an idea about how, like, basically how often the Jump editorial staff meet up to, like, you know, basically decide, like, which series need to end in order for them to start new series. Because they're constantly, like, you know, changing and shifting, like, what series premiere and what end because they want to make room for new stuff. And I guess it just got to a point where, like, Gintama, I, I'm sure they had to move out of the magazine so they can make way for new stuff. Um, but, you know, I'm sure they sympathize with Sirachi and basically not wanting to force him to, like, abruptly end his series to the point where, like, like basically just dropping the ball, which I'm glad that Gintama didn't have a really bad ending or not, or, you know, just an ending that didn't, like, wrap everything up in general, because I was really afraid that, like, you know, they were going to get to the final battle, they were going to start it, and it was going to be, like, rush to the point where like everything explodes and like the manga just doesn't exist anymore for some reason like that's that's the kind of stuff i was expecting like the manga just stops existing and it just ends there and it just becomes as meta as possible or something i don't know um but anyway i guess more to the point um you know in like basically yeah in his letter he explained like the circumstances that led up to this point um he thought he was going to be able to end it sooner uh, but now, basically, it's been moved from Jump to Jump Giga, where he's going to spend an, spend an undetermined amount of time at this point, basically trying to properly wrap up the series. Um, and, you know, uh, more information is going to come sooner than later. But, you know, uh, there's been a lot of confusion because, you know, not a lot of people are very familiar with Jump Giga and... Um, I'm like, cause like, you know, we've talked about Jump Giga on the show, but like, um, I think we kind of gave up on covering it at some point because like, we didn't really understand like why it kept like stopping and restarting. Um, cause I think it used to run like every two months or something. It ran bi-monthly. And then I guess now it's doing this thing where like it runs in short, like seasonal runs where like it'll run for three issues one issue per month for about three months, take a break for a while, and then come back for another three months, which I think is kind of interesting. So I guess basically that begs the question, how long is Sirachi going to spend on, like, I guess how long is this Jump Giga run going to last? Because basically, like, we're not getting another chapter of Gintama until the December issue, I believe. And so it's it's going to run for another three issues, from December to February, 
uh, for this run in particular. So what what I'm basically hoping for is that because obviously, like you know, these chapters are going to be longer in page count. I would assume probably like 50, if not at least like 30 pages or, you know, like double what Gintama usually was in Jump, which was like 19 pages or something. So basically what I'm hoping for is that like Sirachi can get this done in like three extra long chapters or something. And then maybe he can actually finally end the manga in time for maybe another core of the anime like next spring or something. That would be the best case scenario in like a perfect world. But like, Again, we don't know exactly how this run is going to work. There has been no information released at the time of this recording and probably won't be by the time this episode is out. So we're just everything is still kind of up in the air at this point. We don't really know. All we can do is speculate. But that's just that's what I think the best case scenario should be. But, you know, as we all should have, you know, predicted, Gintama didn't actually end. It ended in Jump, but it'll still continue in Jump Giga where their battle will continue. <laughs> yep. If it's any consolation, the, the quote-unquote final chapter was pretty good. Uh, it had a Konomi Sensei's Prince of Tennis song and everything. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all I'll say about that. But uh, yeah, I, I guess the last thing I'll say is I'm, I'm glad Gintama didn't end just yet, but we're only just delaying the inevitable sadness that I'm an emptiness that I'm going to feel in my soul once it does end. Uh, but that, that's about it for ending series. Sid, if you want to talk about some, uh, some interesting magazine stuff. Yeah. So the contents for the first Tescami tribute magazine have been announced. Like we mentioned before, the Tescami magazine will be full of tributes to the work of Osama Tezuka drawn by various artists, both, from Japan and outside. And now we've got a listing of some of the cool stuff that will be in the first issue of Tizukomi, which includes a story based on Dororo by Atsushi Kaneko of uh, Bambi and a Pink Gun fame, called Search and Destroy. We've got Shinyaku Ribonokishi based on Prince's Night by Boredo, uh, which is a pending for Mikaru Muramasa, uh, Robo Miyamoto, and To. Shikiri Hanamura. We've got Ayako based on Ayako, but spelt with different kanji, I guess, by Kubu Kurin, best known for How to Get Dumped in Style. We've got Oh No! Mamoru-kan based on Ambassador Manga, or Ambassador Magma, by Kotobuki Shirigari of uh, Sukiyaki Western Dango, Django fame. Man, I'm misreading a lot of things. Uh, we got Chocotra Dracula based on Don Dracula by Ino Kids of Kotura san. We've got Chowari no Eden Prime Rose based on Prime Rose by Suichiro. We've got Wada Radio no Hi no Tori based on Phoenix by Radio Wada of uh, Nekemo Oro Onda fame. We've got Osamu no Kuni no Alice based on Alice and Osamu Land by. Kentaro Ueno of Sayonara Mo Iwazu Ni, and we've got Guruguru Gyun by Arsen Shimure of Aoki Hibiwa fame. And uh, Brazilian cartoonist Marucho de Souza will contribute a comic called Princess Night based on Princess Night, while American writer Joe Kelly is collaborating with Spanish artist Ken Nimura for Heartless, which is based on Blackjack. 
In addition, the magazine is going to publish the prose story Aurobindo no Chogin no Kami, blue, uh, translated as Blue Ribbon and the Silver Hair by writer Fu Furuse of Tokyo's Seven Sisters, Enrico Takanashi of Muizero no Idea, and Livedoor founder Takufumi Hori will contribute an essay called Manga no Kamisama ga Oshie Kurita Koto, or translated as The Things That the God of Manga Taught Me. And Rumiko Tezuka, the daughter of Osama Tezuka, will contribute a conversation column. And finally, the magazine will include sections from Tezuka's original work, including Phoenix Chapter of Ho-Ho, Adam Konjaku Monogatari Shu, and Blackjack. So I guess just some chapters of the last two, and then the entire uh, arc, the Ho-Ho arc of Phoenix. So yeah, the first issue of the Tezukami magazine sounds jam-packed. It's going to ship in Japan on October 5th, and it's going to run for 18 issues. And considering you got a really cool lineup for the first issue, a lot of really cool content in it, Like I'm excited for all the stuff coming out of this, and I hope we can see some of this come over in English sometime, like a Tezuka anthology released over here. That'd be cool. That would be pretty cool. In other magazine-related news, Japan's oldest anime magazine, Animage, is finally getting the digital transition because the first digital edition of Animage, with the October issue, which has been Nanafish on the cover, has been released, and the digital editions will continue going forward. So finally, you can purchase Animage digitally. Uh, digital edition will differ from the print edition in some places in terms of content, they won't include appendices and gifts of purchase like the print edition, but it's the convenience of digital. So that, there you go. Mm. Wow. And there you go. Yep. And that's it for serialization news. So let's move on to some licensing news. And we've got another Denpa license to talk about. And this is one I'm happy about because we're getting today's menu for the EMEA family. Ed Chavez revealed this license in his podcast uh, interview with Reverse Thebes, where he he uh, went over the very interesting story of how a manga Kokurzeni was based on his life, which was a very interesting story. But yeah, uh, he announced that today's menu for the Amia family will be joined in the Denpa lineup of licenses. It's, of course, about uh, the Amia household or basically it's about all the fate stay night characters like just getting up into slice of life like shenanigans trying to cook food and stuff it's very cute and charming i like the anime a lot and look forward to reading the manga i like you know interestingly enough i like the fate stuff that are just like the characters doing goofy shit and more than i like the actual like serious story of it like carnival phantasm is my favorite thing involving the fate characters so and today's menu for the family i really like too so yeah i'm looking forward to reading the manga of it yeah hopefully uh dempa can make some of that sweet sweet fate money i assume it'll do really well fate's incredibly popular and hey maybe maybe they can use some of that money to to license more kaiji too <laughs> yeah i mean that'd be a win-win that'd be that'd be cool but uh we're gonna move on to some crunchyroll stuff because uh crunchyroll announced that its industry panel at crunchyroll expo recently that they have basically uh licensed some new square enix manga uh three new titles to be precise with more square enix manga also planned to be released in the future 
And the uh, first of those series is Yara Ota, the delinquent and the otaku from Yumi Hoshimi. As the synopsis reads, Saeki Kazuko is your average adult otaku who happens to dislike men and delinquents. Yet her neighbor, Aikawa Ryuo, uh, is a delinquent grade schooler who won't leave her alone. Her peaceful otaku days are in danger, but is there a reason for it? (laughs) So you basically just have this small kid just harassing this grown adult woman. Uh, (laughs) That could could probably be kind of cute. I could see that being kind of fun to read. And then next up, we have uh, One Room of Happiness from Hakuri. And as the synopsis reads, uh, that day she was abducted, but to her, that abduction was a ray of hope, the beginning of a new life. This sounds promising already. Uh, the girl promises to marry her marry her abductor, and the abductor offers plenty of happiness, quote-unquote. This is the story of an abductor and his victim. And so, uh, yeah, this is a pretty... Uh, mm, this this is a pretty uh questionable premise. Uh interesting little tidbit. Uh, apparently this series inspired a live action uh, adaptation uh back in uh I I guess this past July, but apparently was canceled because uh it portrayed real life kidnapping in a positive light, which you know, I can't re- I can't really fault them for that. I'm surprised it was even greenlit in the first place. <laughs> So um this is an interesting get. I'm I'm a sucker for like controversial titles, so it it just kind of makes me want to check it out more. <laughs> um but uh last but not least we have Talentless Nana from Loose Boy and Iori Furuya. As synopsis reads for that, uh an academy girl on an island in unforgivable in unvagable unnavigable waters. I can't read. Uh, their students are trained tirelessly to fight back against the enemies of humanity. The protagonist, a student newly transferred there, also sets out with the intention of eradicating all enemies of humankind, an unpredictable intellectual suspense story of justice and evil. So, unfortunately, a little vague, um, and the the, uh, the cover art for the series doesn't really give too much else away, because it's basically just a cute pink-haired anime girl. And some splotches of pink blood everywhere, so I guess I'll have to check out the series to see what it's actually about. Because uh, again, I'm not really, I'm not really getting much besides again a vague plot synopsis, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, some some very wildly varying uh, titles that Crunchyroll has gotten that will be up on their manga section. Uh, checking right now at the time of this recording, I don't believe they're available yet, but they will be available this month sometime. So. Yeah, um, interesting stuff. Uh, any thoughts, Sid? <laughs> yeah, honestly, all three of these series sound very interesting to me in different respects. Like the first one, I just think it sounds like a fun comedy. The second one, One Room of Happiness, sounds like an interesting psychological drama about messed up people, kind of like Girl May Kill, which is also on Crunchyroll, and which I read and I, I enjoyed mostly until the ending, which was just too really depressing but you know that was it's kind of building to that so and then talentless nana also you know it's it's vague right now but i can imagine this being kind of a trashy fun time 
<laughs> this seems a little battle royale-esque uh, in terms of like a bunch of kids on this island they have to kill things it, so. it's it sounds like a mix of battle royale meets attack on titan almost just from the plot synopsis alone yeah honestly so honestly i am very interested in all three of these series so looking forward to when they debut but to move on to new licensing news uh, we've got Another novel license from Cross Infinite World. We've got Emmett, The Island of Golems by Soki Tsukishima and Tora Tsukishima. The digital release will come out on November 5th and will have new art by Mora Karuki and new scenes too. The original novel was published with art by Kotaro in 2007 after the story was a selection in the third Square Enix Novel Awards. And originally, the co-author was not credited on the cover, but Cross Infinite World requested that both writers would be credited in the English version, so that's nice. And the story of uh, Emmett Island of Golems is that creating life is a power that is blasphemous against God, and so the manufacturing of golems, dolls that move according to human will, has become the norm. And that sets the stage for an epic battle against the backdrop of the St. Rollins Archipelago, where the church presides over all creation and the operation of golems. And so we follow a boy who wants to become a golem tamer, and he's illegally built one. And then his world is shattered when he causes pets with a girl uh, who is mysterious. And then, you know, it's a big conspiracy. So it sounds a lot like Golem Hearts, that uh, Shonen Jump manga. That was short-lived from last year. But this predates that by like 11 years. So it's very interesting. Hmm. That does sound interesting. But yeah, that's a new novel from Cross Infinite World. That'll be out on November 5th. But uh, we've also got another cool manga coming out very soon. In fact, it's already out. And that is a collection of stories by Tadao Suge released by the New York Review Comics called Slum Wolf. It was released in August, uh, translated by Ryan Holmberg. Tadao Suge is one of the pioneers of alternative manga and one of the world's greatest artists. Um, so Slum Wolf is a selection of his stories from the late 60s and 70s that have never been available before in English. It is a vision of Japan as a world of bleary bars and rundown flop houses, violent street fights, strange late night visions. And so Suge depicts, you know, a bunch of different stories with all parts of crazy characters with, you know, different social commentary aspects and elements to them. It sounds like a really cool collection of uh, short stories that I would definitely like to check out. Drawn in quarterly, previously released uh, another collection of Suge stories called Trash Market, which includes quite a few of his most famous stories, it seems, and that came out in 2015. So it's been a while since we last got a book collecting Tadasuke stories, but I'm interested in checking it out when I get the chance. And finally, in licensing news, unfortunately, we've got another license lapse. And that is the Lupin the Third, the one with the old Fujiko Mine. Unfortunately, Funimation has lost the license to it. It is no longer available on streaming, and the DVDs are going out of print. So you better buy them while you still can. I already have mine, so I'm good to go with that. But it's a shame because it's a great show. It's my favorite Lupin show. The dub is excellent. So definitely seek that out and watch it. 
while you still can. And hopefully it'll be available on streaming uh, one of these days again. See, that's, that's a shame because like, it feels like they like literally just put that up on Crunchyroll really recently. Yeah, I mean, it's probably it was just available on Crunchyroll recently. Like I, I, I feel like they put that up along with Slayers, or they, or they probably are, they probably had like a catalog update before that that I'm yeah. probably just not remembering. But see, this, this really, this really kind of rubs me the wrong way because like this, the same thing happened with like Detective Conan, where like Funimation had finally gotten to basically put up the first 130 episodes of Case Closed on Crunchyroll for people to see and finally give people a starting point, you know, to kind of actually watch Detective Conan, only to basically have it be taken down like two months later. Like, I really, I really wish Funimation, or I don't, I don't know who's responsible. I'm sure like Crunchyroll, uh, I mean, I, I guess I don't really know who's responsible for actually like making the decision to uh or planning out like these um i guess these catalog additions to Crunchyroll as fun as far as like funimation stuff goes but like it's honestly kind of frustrating to have these new titles we put up on Crunchyroll only to have them be taken away like 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 you know so soon like right like sometimes right afterwards like in the case of uh this fujiko mine series like I really wish there was some kind of communication between Funimation and Crunchyroll or something like because it seems like Crunchyroll works so hard to like, you know, basically encode, you know, the subtitles for, you know, their version of uh, of the show to, so they could put it up on their service. But like, I don't know, it, it, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of communication going on between Crunchyroll and Funimation as far as that goes. And that really kind of gets on my nerves. Well, heck, Funimation isn't telling the fans about their license lapses in this case either. Like, A&N had to reach out to get clarification from them. Like, they did it for FMA, but, like, it seems for everything else, like, it happens and it's before anyone can, like, do anything about it. Like, you know, like, FMA's not the, of course, isn't the only series they've done that well, for. They, the they, they've like, stuff, I think, like, Black Butler, too, but, like... Bacchino. They did it for Bacchino too. Like they they do it for other stuff, but like in this case in particular, like they just like they gave like no signal boost whatsoever. At least not no, that I've seen. Not at all. And it's kind of frustrating. Like I wonder if that means like Fujiko Mine just didn't bring in enough money for them at all. I wouldn't be surprised. It was like pretty. I mean, that was released back in the time where I think Lupin is, was a lot more, quote-unquote, obscure than it is now. For some reason, I think Lupin has really grown in popularity thanks to its availability on Crunchyroll and the fact that Part 4 and Part 5 have been doing really well and are, like, very visible and popular, it seems. So I think Lupin has, like, grown in the consciousness of the community, but... Like, the woman called Fujiko Mine was, like, the first new Lupin TV show in two decades, three decades. So it was, like, the first new Lupin TV show. And, you know, Funimation had it. And not many people have Funimation as they have Crunchyroll. And it's also such a very different kind of show that, you know, I can see, like, it, it just didn't... It's also a divisive show among Lupin fans, it seems, so... It's, there's a lot of things that were, was seemed to be going against it for like mainstream appeal in the anime community. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure. Um, 
I guess all we can hope for now is that maybe Discotech picks it back up at some point and it could just be a part of their Lupin collection. I'd be fine with that personally. Yeah, Discotech seems to be hunting down and trying to release everything Lupin they can, so I hope they'll get it. Yeah, I'm sure that'll probably happen at some point. I don't I don't see why they wouldn't. But yeah, like just just in the future, I really really want I really want this thing to stop where they put up something new and it doesn't last for anywhere longer than like two months to two weeks. Like that just, I really just want that to stop. That's on it. That, that, that's like the thing that gets under my yeah, skin the most. At least give advance warning if it's going to be taken off. Like again, like with Conan, they didn't give advance warning. It's like it was taken off and then they told everyone. Right stuff, Nozomi, like they told you a month in advance that they were losing the license to Cobra. They gave you a month to watch all of Cobra off Crunchyroll and you their YouTube channel. You know, they gave you time. Rosa for size as well. Rosa for size, yeah. So they are good with that. But Funimation kind of dropped the ball and left fans in the, in the dark there. My thing is, especially with Fujiko Mine, like... If you're going to let the, um, I guess, the license expire anyway, like, that soon, then, like, why even bother putting it up on Crunchyroll at all? I think it's a pre-established deal, so these things are already being worked on, like, before they can do anything about it. Like, they also, like, these decisions, like, to renew their licenses and stuff are not, like, set in stone, so maybe they thought they would renew the license, but then they decided not to, so. And at least things are changing all the time. I mean, I'm sure it, it it still doesn't make it any less like obnoxious, though. Unfortunately, yeah. so anyway, th- th- those that's just my two cents. Mm-hmm. But that does it for licensing news. So now we can move on to some uh, stray stuff. And the first is a very exciting announcement, and that is Harold Sakushi is coming to New York Comic Con. He is going to receive the Harvey Awards International Spotlight Award, which was. First awarded last year to Hiro Mashima. He's going to be like a guest of honor for NYCC and Kodansha Comics. And that's really cool. Man, I wish I bought tickets to NYCC. Like, <laughs> I'm going to anime NYC the month after. So that's why I decided, you know, I don't need to go to two conventions in New York within a month of each other. But man, they're getting Harold Sakushi. I really like Beck. So, ah, uh, what a shame. But I'm really excited for everyone who can go to NYCC and uh, meet him and attend the panel or whatever event that we'll have with him. It seems that it'll be really cool. And uh, now to move on to some more Crunchyroll-related news. They have partnered with J-Novel Club to have a new super fan-packed subscription tier that when you subscribe to Crunchyroll, you will also get a subscription to J-Novel Club. This new super fan packed here is going to be priced at fifteen dollars a month, fourteen ninety nine technically, but you know it's fifteen bucks. So yeah, you can now get Crunchyroll and J Noble Club as part of the same subscription, which uh, seems like a pretty cool offer if you like reading light novels. But now we have an update on the Global Road story, the studio that was producing the Tiger and Bunny film. And officially, it has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Yep. So, the filing affects the film division of the company, but the sales and television divisions are going to continue to operate. But because it affects the film division, you know, that's pretty much puts the caboose on the Tiger and Buddy live-action movie unless they sell it off to a different studio who makes it. 
But yeah, who knows what the future of that project will be in the future. Like, they've been selling off the unreleased films they've been making, but who knows? Like, this is a project that they have not, you know, really even gotten off the ground yet, so who knows if this will ever go anywhere now, which is a real shame. I really hope Sunrise is maybe able to shop this idea to another studio at some point, maybe, because... I mean, I don't know. I like, like I said the last time, like I really would have liked to see, I really would have liked to see what came out of this live action Tiger Bunny because I, I really do think they could have made something at least enjoyable or entertaining at the very least. But I mean, oh well, it'll probably never happen. But I'd, I'd like to hold out hope that maybe they'll restart up this project again at some point. Yeah, hopefully, I would like to see a live action Tiger and Bunny and think it could do really well. But now we're going to move on to some more game news. We're going to talk about the newest edition to the Jump Force roster. And it is time to do 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 because Yugi Moto is joining Jump Force. That's really exciting. I didn't think that a traditionally non-combat character would join Jump Force, but that's great. Hope Kaiba makes it in too. Hope Bobobo is in so they can have their <laughs> legendary crossover represented in the game. Uh, it's good stuff. I'm really excited for Yugi. Wouldn't that be a deep cut? <laughs> you, yeah, Yugi popping up a Bobo's afro to summon Slifer. It'd, it'd be amazing. They have to have it. Please have it. I'm pretty sure that was the reason I bought that one-shot volume of Bobo Bo in the first place. Um, but no, yeah, I... Oof, like, out of anybody that... Uh, that Bandai could have, like, announced for Jump Force. Like, I was not expecting Yugi, of all people. Granted, this is not the first time he has been a playable character in a Shonen Jump game, yeah. obviously. Uh, you could play as Yugi in uh, Jump Ultimate Stars, which, you know, he's not really, like... He's not necessarily one of my favorite characters to play as in that game in particular, but... I I th- I think I think Yugi will probably benefit more from, a th- from an actual 3D game than a 2D game. Because I, I feel like, you know, because, I mean, I can only imagine, I mean, obviously he's going to be able to, like, summon his dual monsters and stuff. Like, I think a lot of that stuff will look a lot cooler in 3D. Yeah, like, especially him summoning the Egyptian gods, that'd be pretty or, sweet. you know, the Dark Magician and everything. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I really, if, if they're adding Yugi, man, they have to add Kaiba. Could you imagine being able to summon a blue-eyes white dragon to take out, like, like Goku or Freezer or whatever? Or the blue-eyes ultimate dragon or blue-eyes shining dragon. All the variations of the blue-eyes. Oh, my God. I, I just want to be able to summon the blue-eyes white dragon. That's all I want to be able to do. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Honestly, I would probably consider buying the game just to be able to do that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh I mean, man. That'd be sweet. Man. I you know, I I wasn't I wasn't super sure about this game at first, but the more characters they add, the more it makes me really want to check out this game. All about the roster. And yeah, they, pretty much. They're, they're getting me excited. Mm. Now, now let's see if we can get both Bobobo, uh Bossoon and Nero playable. Then then you'll have my money. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Because, you know, that'll totally happen. Man, I'm really sad that uh, Nakajima, the producer, said that uh, there isn't going to be a Food Wars rep in the game. Because I would have liked to see Soma duke it out, too, with cooking somehow. That'd be fun. But uh, at, at least, like, at least make the Food War characters, like, 
you know, supports or something. Like, that could be useful. I don't think this game will have support characters, though. That's the thing. Mm, yeah, probably not. But they still would have made good support characters in general. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, oh, well. But I can't wait to see who else they add in the game. Maybe, maybe, Sid, think about it for a second. Maybe they'll add some Promise Neverland characters. Maybe, maybe, you never know. It's I think not. it's reasonable to suspect. And I think a good way for us to predict which Promise Neverland characters would make it into the game is to look at the results of the recent Promise Neverland popularity poll. Now, Colton, it is my understanding you have not seen the results of this poll yet. So I want you, before you look at the list, to give me who you think made the top five of this popularity poll. All right. Well, I will confess, I did open up the poll you know, well, just to prepare. Great. Now you well, ruined it. Now well, no, no, no. Let me let me finish. Let me finish. I I saw that Emma was number one. Well, yeah. Um, which you know that doesn't surprise me. Um, I think I saw Ray as number two. But aside from those two, um, that's a good question. I didn't I didn't see who who else was placed. That's what okay. I was trying to Go say. <laughs> um, ooh, let's see. Uh, number three. Uh, that's see. Other than the main three. That's actually really tough. I don't know. Um, it's also because I have a hard time trying to remember the the, the names of the other kids. I want to say, uh, I want to say the nameless man who I'm assuming is still nameless because no, we got a name. Oh, do we have a name? Okay. Um, well, the the now named nameless man. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm assuming he's at least like. I'm assuming he's in the top ten at least. Probably not in the top five. Um, oh, uh, I can't think of who would be in the top five. That's really tough because it's it's really hard for me to imagine. Like, bes- again, besides the top three, like who would be the other like most popular characters? Um, honestly, I'm I'm kind of stumped. Okay, just throw out a guess. Uh, fine, I don't know. Um, 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 what's his name? Uh, the little kid that Emma talked to before they left uh, Grace Field House. Yeah, Phil, I don't know. He's number seven. I don't know. He's in the top ten best characters of the Promised Neverland. Um, is uh, Here here we go. Um, Isabella is number five. Why not? Okay, so is that it for guesses? Uh... Crone is number eight. Hmm. Um, I can't really think of anyone else who I, who I, who I could, like, easily guess the spot. Okay, so I'll, I'll run down uh, the top ten, bottom to top. So at number 10, we got Crone. Okay. She got 794 votes. Okay, okay. At number 9, we've got Gillian. Do you know who Gillian is, Colton? Um, is he one of the kids? She is a kid. Do you know who she is? Is she the one with the glasses and red hair? No. Okay. That's Gilda. Where is Gillian from? That's a better question. That that'll tell me where you are, probably. Uh, is he is he from uh, is he from the hunting grounds, uh, Goldie Pond? Yeah, yeah, she's from Goldie. Sorry, Pond. sorry, she. Um, okay, yeah. See now, if see that's the problem. If you ask me about like the Goldie Pond kids, oh my god, I remember them. I remember them like less than the actual main characters. <laughs> at least they're at least their names, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, yeah, she's the one who killed Lush. Do you remember that fight? Do you remember no, the character No, I remember Lush? that fight. I do remember that fight. That was a good fight. Okay. So, yeah, that's her. She she has one of the 
most interesting character designs of the Goldie Pond kids. I, think, I feel like so. the, I feel sense. like this is going to turn into Quiz Colton on how much he remembers Promised Everland. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> at number eight we've got Isabella who got uh, one thousand one hundred and fifty one votes. She's a more interesting character than I thought she was ever going to be. Honestly, yeah, she's an incredibly compelling, great antagonist. Mm-hmm. Hope we get hope we get to see more. Yep. At number seven is Hugo. Do you know who Hugo no, is? No, I'm not even going to pretend I have a guess. Do you want to know? Um, Is he the now named Nameless Man? Yes. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Hugo came in at number seven with 1,261 votes. Mm-hmm. At number six, we've got Mujika. You remember Mujika? Um, Mujika's one of the demons, right? Yeah, she's the female demon that Emma and co met who helped them out. And, and what place did you say she was again? Number six. Wow, that's really interesting. Hmm. With 1,324 votes. That's really interesting that she placed so high, considering she hasn't she hasn't had like a ton of screen time yet. Well, she made an impression, and she has a good character design. That's true. I mean, I mean, like most of the demon designs are really like stand out, honestly. Yeah, and it seems like she'll definitely be an important character going forward. I I could believe that. I could believe that. At number five, we have Anna. Do you know who Anna is? Do you remember? Uh, another Gracefield House member? She is a Gracefield House kid. What did she do? Oh. What has she done in this series? Oh, um, don't do this to me, Sid. <laughs> oh my god, I feel so embarrassed. I feel like I should remember these characters so much better. Um, I don't remember. What did she do? During Okay, this is according to the Promise Neverland wiki. <laughs> Uh, during the game of tag, she was caught by Crone, and then she helped in the escape by cutting her hair to help Emma in her plan to outwit Mom. That's it. That's all the the Promise Neverland wiki has on her. <sighs> well, uh, she had like some emphasized screen time when they first got into uh the base where the na- where Hugo was. Okay. And they found like the room where like he had written like all the help that that message for help and stuff. Like she was the one who discovered that room. Mm. But like, yeah, she hasn't really done a whole lot outside of that. Okay, now I don't feel as bad for not remembering her. <laughs> No, it's a weird placement that she's so high up. Like, because for a character who has done really basically nothing compared to a lot of the other characters who have ranked, it's just like, this is really on the strength of character design alone. Yeah. And even I then, I don't say. think it's like, I didn't, I, I don't think she has that. I mean, she's a decent enough looking character. But Does like, she have blonde hair? I forget. She has blonde hair. Of course. That's, blonde that's, hair that, and pigtails. That's the reason. That is the entire reason for her placement. I guarantee you. Probably. Uh, number four is Phil. Oh my god, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was joking. Why is he so high up? Phil is, a, I don't know, Phil's a good character. Like... He's he has all there's a lot of heart to him. Like he's smarter than his age suggests. Like he had this very mature moment where he's like, Emma, you go, I will stay here and like help our siblings just, you know, stay out of trouble until you come back for us. I know you can't take all of this with you, so just go and don't worry about us. We can take care of ourselves. And then, you know, we've got to follow up with him in recent chapters. So, you know, he's 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 a good character. Mm, okay, that's fair. I guess I Again, I'm not caught up, so I wasn't very privy. I, I, I'm still, I guess I'm still surprised that he's listed so high up. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I mean, he's a he's a cute kid. So you know. yeah. Okay, who's number three? And number three is Ray with four thousand six hundred fifty-one votes. Ray is the one with black hair, right? I can't believe that I have to ask this. <laughs> yes, so, I am very so surprised that you have to ask this. Like the <laughs> the second most important character after Emma. <laughs> Oh, I'm such a disgrace. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Because I, I get Ray and Norman confused sometimes, like, as far as names go. Norman hasn't been in the series for a long-ass time, I though. I know, but come on, Ray looks like he could be a Norman. I don't know. Um, well, maybe I've... Ray, as his identity, his persona has been cemented in my mind thanks to Weekly Manga Recap and their hashtag Ray, Valley Girl-esque Ray. Mm. Okay, so if Ray's number three, then who's number two? Is number it two is Norman okay. with 4,762 votes. Okay. And of course, Emma is number one with 5,581 votes. I mean, like, if Emma didn't get number one, I'd, I'd honestly be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very interesting top ten there. Yeah, I mean, mostly it's characters that make sense to me, uh, except for Anna, so... I'm actually I'm glad that Crone is so high up for a character that like died in the early twenties. Yeah, Crone Crone was definitely I I think she she was a good threat while she lasted. Yeah, I thought she was good. Okay, I'm I'm looking at the spread right now, and uh, yeah, um, that this is a really cute spread, by the way. Um, how do you pronounce his name? Lu- Lucius Luvis. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm kind of disappointed he's not a little higher because man, he was uh, he really gave everybody a run for their money. I think he had a he. We got a really great like confrontation out of him. Yeah, he's really good uh, as an antagonist. I I don't think he's out of the story. Uh, so hopefully we'll get even more of him. Yeah, I guess as far as this, uh, as far as the poll results go, like I think they mostly make sense. Mm-hmm. Again, it's really weird how like Viz didn't run their own poll for like um for American readers. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they just weren't able to arrange it. I mean, hopefully if the series has another popularity poll before the end, like maybe we can actually participate in that at some point. I hope so. I'd be interested in seeing what the uh US American fan base's uh, favorites in Promise of Land are and how they differ. Yeah, I I feel like they probably differ pretty, not not like greatly, but d- differ enough to where like there'd probably be some variety comparatively. At the very least, I don't imagine Anna would rank so highly. <laughs> no, not at all. And probably not Phil either, honestly. I don't know about Phil. I think Phil would still rank highly. Mm, okay, fair enough. Um, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure the top three would still be the same. Yeah. But um, no, yeah, I mean, the, the results make sense to me. Um, and like, this also came so out of left field because like, I didn't even know like a poll was being run until like the results were out. Unless it was like reported somewhere and I just missed it. Yeah, I mean, the last couple of times a popularity poll has been ran, we've also gotten an English poll to go along with it. And that's how we've known. But yeah, this, because this they didn't do an English poll for this, like it completely fell under the radar. Yeah, that's still really weird, but hopefully they can actually arrange for something next time. And now I'm going to go catch up on The Promised Neverland, because clearly I have a lot of refreshing to do. I guess so, yeah. 
especially if we want to talk about it on the show, hopefully like next year or something like, man, I re- I really need to like, I, f- I feel so ashamed. I f- like, you know, at first I was like, oh, maybe I don't need to reread Promised Everland. Now, I, now I'm just 100% convinced that I need to. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to explore in the series that's like worth rereading it. Want to shout out an article on Anime Feminist that went up this week, which explained by uh, D from Josie Next Door, which explored like uh, kind of how Promise Neverland comments on the limited options of women in society through the subsects of its story, like like the cho- choice Emma is given to either become a mom or die, and how that reflects like how women are often put into a position where they have limited options and are forced into roles set upon them by society so it was really cool great reading of it really great dissection of that team so shout out to that article link it in the description it's great stuff but that does it for this episode of manga mavericks yep that was definitely that was definitely an episode um i i think uh i think uh, i think that was a good episode this time around um not not to get too into it but i do want to apologize for the last episode because uh I was I was kind of having to deal with some stuff while we were recording, and it kind of kind of took me out of the conversation a little bit near the last like few bits of pieces of news. Uh, so I didn't really give my I didn't really give too many opinions at if or really at all on uh, on some of the uh, High Guardian Spice stuff uh, and Crunchyroll stuff we talked about last episode. So I do want to apologize for that by saying that. Uh, but I basically wanted to make up for that by actually, you know, trying to be a little more involved in this episode. And, you know, this, some, sometimes stuff happens. And, uh, yeah, again, I'm I'm really sorry about that. But uh, I, I'm hoping this episode more than made up for that. I, I, feel, I feel like I was in a I was in a better mind space this episode, I guess. Mm hmm. I think we had a lot of good conversation on the news pieces this episode. And I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, this was a this was a good news episode. Um, we definitely talked about a lot of interesting things. Um, but I think for now we can just we can just end the show there. So Lum, uh, where can the good people find you? You can find me on Twitter at at Lum Ramiyasha, and as Lum Ramiyasha on Animation Revelation Annie List. Basically, wherever there's a Lum Ramiyasha, that's where I am. And you can read my reviews over on all-comic.com. I write reviews of Dragon Ball Super chapters, as well as other manga and anime movie reviews. And I've got stuff I'm planning to write about pretty soon, and look forward to those when they come out. All right, yeah, definitely go check out all of Lum's stuff. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely look out for their reviews. And uh, I guess as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at SniperKing323. Uh, I I do various manga threads. I'm currently reading through a bunch of stuff to get ready for the show at some point. If if you follow me on Twitter, you already know what those series are. Uh, as for other podcasts I produce and edit and whatnot, uh, you can listen to Life Lessons to Gintama Manga Cast. Basically, you know, if you're a fan of Gintama like I am, and you want to hear somebody talk about the Gintama manga specifically through the old Viz Media release... Uh, you can go listen to that at gettolifelessons.wordpress.com. Um, unfortunately, it's on a bit of a hiatus at this point, but uh, we still have a huge backlog of episodes that you could listen to over at the website. 
as well as One Podcast Prevails over at OnePodcastPrevails.com. Basically the same sort of show, except we basically talk about Detective Conan slash Case Closed, again, through the actually ongoing VizBD release. Uh, We cover a couple chapters or case per episode. I record that with my friend Doctor from the Ask Backwards Anime Podcast. I really enjoy recording that show. So if you're a fan of Detective Conan or Case Closed, whatever you want to call it, please go listen to that at OnePodcastPrevails.com. But as for All Comic in the Podcast, uh, you can find every episode of Manga Mavericks over at All-Comic.com. That's where we post every episode first, first and foremost. Uh, You can also follow All Comic on Facebook.com slash All.Comic or on twitter.com slash allcomic underscore. Uh, but if you want to follow Manga Mavericks specifically, get all the latest updates uh, specifically on Manga Mavericks, you want to follow us on Twitter at manga underscore mavericks. You can also find the latest updates on our show, as well as new episodes over at mangamavericks.tumblr.com, as well as excerpts of the podcast, such as different news pieces we talk about and... Uh, are many different uh, series reviews and discussions over at youtube.com slash manga mavericks. Uh, so yeah, um, again, hopefully we will find the time to sit down and uh, finally do our 200 subscriber live stream on, on a, on a new manga fight. We're finally going to do um, Sid, what was that again? That was going to be MHA anime versus manga. Just need to get caught up on the anime, find some cool guests to fight about the topic, and we'll be good to go with that. So look forward to that. Hopefully come in in the next couple of weeks. All right, there we go. Again, you can find that and more over at youtube.com slash manga mavericks. Um, but you can also email us anything about, uh, you know, what are you reading? What do you think about some of the news we talk about on, we talked about on this episode? Uh, what do you want to see us cover on the show? Any, anything about what you're reading, anything about the podcast in general, you can email us over at manga mavericks at gmail.com and we will read it on the show. But the most important thing guys is that you subscribe, rate and review us on Apple podcast, the artist formerly known as iTunes. Um, you know, that, that gives our show a little more visibility on the page there all around. And, uh, you know, so go ahead and give us a rating, give us a review, you know, if you so wish, but yeah, that's pretty, pretty much going to be about it for the show. Um, this has been episode 59 of the podcast and we will see you guys next time for episode 60. Bye guys. Sayonara. Sayonara.